Hello and welcome back to the Drew View. In today's show, we are going to be talking about President of the United States Joe Biden falling down the stairs and what his speech means for our country and what the words that he threw around actually mean. I'm Drew Bennett and you're listening to the Drew View. Alrighty, folks, thank you guys for tuning back in for another episode, coming back for another week of content. So what I wanted to do this week, and this is something different than I've ever done before. We're going to try something new. This week, what I want to do is each day, I'm going to pick a buzzword that you hear a lot in politics, in the media, and in a lot of different settings. I'm going to pick a word that you've heard thrown around And maybe you've heard it thrown around so much that you kind of forget the meaning of it, or you've heard different phrases and you're kind of confused at what the true meaning of it is, or the background on it, and different things like that. So today, it kind of goes along with the story that everyone's been talking about lately, and that is Joe Biden falling down the stairs. You know, a lot of people, they talk about how funny it is. The first time I saw it, of course, I couldn't help but chuckle. But it's sad, guys. You have to take a step back. It's not just funny, because it is funny. The first time you see it, you laugh, because it's something you would put on America's Funniest Home Videos, like somebody tripping and falling like that. And (laughs) the best, oh, guys, the best part is he turns around and points. Oh, Look, folks, those stairs, they came out of nowhere. Like, come on, Joe. You're making yourself look like a dummy. You you turn around and you point like it's the stairs' fault, like they weren't there the whole time. Oh, gosh. I just, I, I feel so bad for the guy. If he wasn't so darn corrupt, I'd feel even worse. But, man, the people who roll him out and try and act like he's a competent individual... They're absolutely nuts. They're insane. He not only falls down the stairs. This is actually probably one of the uh, most bearable things that he's done because I've seen people fall down the stairs before. I haven't really seen people fall up the stairs three times right in a row like he's done before. It's hard to see people. <laughs> it's it's not very common for me to see people fall off a bike when it's stopped. There are a couple things where it's like, man, the guy has got a really, really bad record of anything that has to do with speaking or moving or doing anything that doesn't involve sitting in his basement, which is exactly why that's where he campaigned last election cycle, and it's looking like he's going to campaign this election cycle. But Of course, that is going to be the major headlines, right? You're not going to hear about his speech, and that's one of the things with Joe Biden, you will never look through a history book. When you're going through primary sources, you will never come across a Joe Biden speech. I mean, I've gone through and read some primary sources from older documents, and it's like, man, that's really hard to keep up with because of the language that's used or whatever. And I bet a lot of people can relate to that. You've read something, whether it be something like Shakespeare or even just another primary source that you read in a history class and you go back through and you read it. And some of the stuff, it's like, man, it just sounds like gibberish. 
And then you come across to Joe Biden's speech and, and you're like, wait a second. I thought, when was this written? This was written in 2020. How is how is this the way? Oh, that's because he is speaking in gibberish. That's right. Like, I just feel bad for anyone who has to go through and actually read anything that he speaks. Hopefully, they only put like the script of what he was supposed to read, not what actually came out of his mouth, because maybe if they just put out what was on the teleprompter. You know, that's what I've always said since he's been president. If they just let us read what he was going to say just from the teleprompter, his presidency would be a lot better. He would not have nearly as many gaffes. I, I think we'd be better off as a country. Just just give us the script. Don't even worry about reading it, Joe. It, we know that it's on a teleprompter. We know you have a hard time with words and with walking and, well, quite literally everything. But just let us read it ourselves. It's a lot less painful that way. I've always said that. But anyway, all of those things aside, nobody's going to focus on the speech that Biden made. But I do want to focus on it because the word for today, you know, I was saying how I want to pick a word that is used way too often or is a buzzword. This episode's word is diversity. Biden was speaking, and I believe it was the Air Force commencement, and he was talking about how diversity is what makes you strong. You're one of the most diverse groups, and that is what makes you strong. And I really have to say, I completely disagree. Now, this is a line that you hear from a lot of talking heads. And before you label me a whatever ist you want to call me, racist, sexist, uh, or, or phobic, you know, homophobic, transphobic, xenophobic, pause, take a step back, listen to what I have to say before you start pulling out your book of ists and isms and phobics and all that. Diversity is not what makes us strong. That isn't. And while diversity is not a net negative, it is not something that should be pointed out as much as we point it out in society. Now, let me elaborate on that a little bit. I don't think diversity harms us at all. I think without it being forced upon anyone, diversity is just fine. I don't think it's like what makes us strong. That's not what makes us strong. But I don't think it's a net negative either. What is a net negative is pointing out everywhere you see diversity, diversity, diversity. Oh, diversity. Oh, look at all of our diversity. Oh, look at all of this diversity. The problem with that, we throw this word around and how powerful it is. And oh, we love diversity. You know what the problem is? When we focus so much on how we're different and diverse and how we're all separated, we forget what brings us together and what unites us. And that's a big problem that you see in America today. A huge problem. Diversity on its face, diversity itself, is not a problem. Diversity is not a bad thing. Diversity is something that should be embraced, 
but it's not something that needs to be touted and celebrated in the way that it is. What needs to be celebrated is what brings us together. See, Biden, he was dead set from when he first got inaugurated as president of the United States. He was going to be a president that united the country. His whole message was unity, unity, unity. You know the one thing that divides people more than anything, that does the opposite of unify people more than anything? Constantly pointing out differences and diversity in every aspect of society. Because what that does is it says, hey, we're focusing on skin color. Hey, we're focusing on sex. Hey, we're focusing on sexual orientation. We're not focusing on what brings us together. It's a big problem. You see it in affirmative action. Affirmative action is a prime example of how diversity and focusing, pinpointing diversity as the sole goal, if you will, for any organization, any college, anything, when you put diversity at the center and you say, this is what we're striving for, not truth, not a better educated group, not whatever's best for our students, but we just care about diversity, then you not only end up hurting the people that are intended to essentially that we know are going to be harmed by policies like affirmative action, but we're also harming the people that we're trying to help because of affirmative action. For example, yes, of course, Asians and white Americans are going to be harmed by policies like affirmative action where we focus on diversity. Those people are going to be harmed, and everybody knows that going into it. But I think what a lot of people don't recognize is that focusing on diversity and making that such a key point in everything that we do also hurts the people we're trying to help to the Black Americans and Hispanic Americans who are incredibly intelligent individuals and who would thrive in settings that they are well prepared for. We are instead saying, no, 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 wait. We're going to take you out of a situation that would be successful for you, and we're going to put you somewhere where it's going to be a lot tougher. And you're going to get there, and you're going to know that the only reason you got there was because of the color of your skin, which is not going to make you feel great. You're kind of going to feel a little wonky about yourself, but that's okay. Then once you get there and all that, once you're there at that college, you probably aren't going to do the best because you weren't really as qualified as a lot of the people beside you. But we decided because of the color of your skin that we were going to put you here anyway. And so when you start doing bad in a class and all of your classmates are understanding and they're doing well and they don't know how to help you, you're going to feel alone. You're going to feel miserable. You're going to feel like you were cheated out of something. And that's because you were. You were installed into a position in which you don't belong. You were told you belong here. You deserve this. You've earned this. When the reality is, you know it, I know it, we all know it, you probably didn't earn that, but somebody said, 
hey, this person marked black or this person marked Hispanic on their ethnicity. So we have to give them this and we have to say, hey, it doesn't matter that you're not as qualified as some of our other candidates. We have to put you in there. And what that does is that hurts that individual. They feel like, hey, I feel like junk because I'm not doing well. I have a really low GPA. All of my peers have a really high GPA. Are the colleges racist? Are the colleges the ones to blame? Not because you're getting poor grades. You can't blame the college for what you don't know. But what you can say is, hey, this college really hurt me because instead of allowing me to go to a place where I would thrive and do well, where I know that I belong here, I earned this, not that I was installed here, I was put here because of the color of my skin, not the accomplishments that I have achieved. When we do that, we harm these minorities so much. No student should ever, 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 ever say, well, we can't get rid of affirmative action because that's the only reason I even got to where I am today. Nobody should say that. Nobody should be at a university and say, the only reason I'm here is because of the color of my skin. No one should say that. Absolutely nobody. You should be able to say, hey, I earned this. I busted my hump. I worked hard in school so I could be here today. I didn't just get, hey, I feel bad for you. So here, here's a participation trophy. Here's a, you know, well, you're kind of a loser, but we'll still, we'll still give you a trophy. Like, no, we don't need to be doing that. That's not helping anyone. And we see it time and time again in our education system and everything else. You know, everybody will say, too, affirmative action might sound great in a college setting where, you know, colleges are so far from real life. It's not even funny. It's so funny how people will start spewing some ideology when they're in college and then they get out to the real world and then they realize that all that stuff that they were spewing in college might have sounded good in a textbook or coming from a professor. But once they step out into the real world and the job market and all of that, all of those things that they were spewing all of a sudden don't sound all that great. All these super high taxes that they were ready for are like, oh yeah, we, we, we really need to lower taxes. All these policies, it's crazy how different the college world is from the outside world. But, again, you use the same thing. When you get to the real world, who would you like to perform open-heart surgery on your father? Would you like it to be, or even you for that matter, not even your father, on you, would you like it to be a fully certified doctor, though it is an Asian man who has all this privilege and probably shouldn't have even gotten here and ugh. or would you like to pick the underqualified doctor who somebody looked at and said hey well because you have the right skin color and you've done well enough here you go get to work 
Would you rather have perform open heart surgery on you or your father or anybody for that matter? Same thing with flying a plane. What pilot would you like? The one with every qualification in the world or a pilot with a few qualifications? You know, they did a couple flying hours before and, and they've ridden on planes before when they were younger. But they have the right skin color, so they're the ones who are going to pick. All of these things is what we, what we see happening when we put diversity over what unifies us, what brings us together. Because in so many ways, we are really, really harming those who are trying to help. So we're trying to promote a diverse culture, right? We're saying, hey, Biden's saying, diversity is what brings us together. Diversity is what makes us stronger. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. We have to understand that it doesn't. It's not a bad thing. Diversity is not a bad thing. We should embrace it fully. But it's not something that we need to put at the forefront and say, that is what makes us stronger. Diversity is a lot of times no different than division. In a lot of situations, we have created a system in which we focus so much on diversity that it leads to division. That is quite literally the opposite of unity, which is what brings us together, which is what makes us stronger. When we unite behind a common goal, and when you have situations where we have people getting into college who shouldn't be getting into college because of their skin color, when we have people fighting in combat roles and who are higher up in ranks just because they have the right skin color, that's not how it should work. And it would be the same if it went the other way. It would be the absolute same. Who would want to watch the NBA if we said, well, the population is a majority of white people, so we have to make sure that the NBA is a majority of white people? No one would watch the NBA. Nobody would do it because we can't focus on skin color. We have to focus on what you're bringing to the table. It's that simple. What are you bringing to the table? Are you bringing something to the table that's worth it? Are you, are you bringing something to the table where we can say, yes, you fit what we're trying to do here? Or are you saying, well, I remember a few things from my AP biology class, so let me be an open heart surgeon. Well, I remember a couple of things from AP calculus, so let me start building rockets. No, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't let underqualified people do things that they're not qualified for. Not because we don't love them, not because we hate them, not because we're discriminating against them, but we're saying, hey, if you do these things, you can get the qualification so you can do that. And we're going to say, hey, we'll support you and we'll get behind you and we'll do that. We're ready to help you in whatever way we can. So it's a buzzword. You hear it a lot. You've probably heard it today at some point. You've probably heard it this week at some point. You've probably heard it multiple times this month and several times this year. You hear it often. The word diversity. But sometimes I think we 
you need to take a step back and say, hey, diversity is not a bad thing. It's something that we should fully embrace. But, and this is a big but, we can't let that be the be-all and end-all. There is something greater than simply diversity. There is unity, which is what brings us together. And not that we can't have unity while embracing diversity. We certainly can. But when we place diversity as the number one, as the sole factor in what makes us who we are, what makes us strong, then we're not only hurting those who we plan on hurting, but we also hurt those who we are trying to help. Let's let people who are qualified to go to Michigan State go to Michigan State. Let's let the people who are qualified to go to Harvard go to Harvard. Let's let the people who are qualified to fight in the Air Force fight in the Air Force. And let's let the people who are qualified to be electricians be electricians. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with letting people do what they're qualified to do. You make everything a lot better when you do that. When you install people into places where they should not be because they fit a mold that you want, they hit a quota that you want, they increase your diversity numbers, which is what you want because we put so much emphasis on diversity. Then what you do is you end up harming those people. You end up making them say, I'm only here because of my skin color and I'm not doing very good. So forget it altogether. I'm done. Where if they would have just went somewhere where they were qualified for, then they could have said, hey, I'm qualified for this. I'm doing this. I'm going to do well in it. And then if I have a qualification to do this next thing, I'm going to do this next thing. There's no problem in reaching for the stars. Reach for the stars. But you have to have a path to get there. You can't just say, I'm going to teleport from here to the sun. No, you have, to, you have to find a way to get there. Everything's not just instant. You don't just deserve anything. You have to work for it. You have to be qualified for it. We have to get back to meritocracy where we judge people based on merit and based on the content of their character, not on the color of their skin. So I'll say it one more time. If I haven't, if I haven't said it enough, diversity is not a bad thing. It should be embraced. Diversity helps us in many ways. We are the country we are today in many ways because of diversity. But at the same time, when we put all of our eggs in the diversity basket, when that's what we put all of our focus on, we start to forget what really brings us together. And that is the things that unite us, the things that bring us together, the things that we all unite behind these common set of ideals, the ones that set this country into motion, the ones that continue to make things work and run properly today. Now, there's so much more I could say about the word diversity and how it's overused or used or misused. 
But I think I'm going to end it there for today. I think this is a good segment. I think a lot of times we throw words around so willy-nilly, and sometimes we just forget to take a step back and like actually think about what we're saying. Think about what the implications are of the words that we're saying and what other people are saying. So over the course of this week, and maybe it might go longer, who knows, I want to talk about what are some words that always pop up. What are words that are overused, maybe, or used in a way in which we don't fully grasp what we're saying? I don't think Biden is really there to understand that what he's saying is not necessarily correct and kind of goes against his own agenda. Because let's be honest, diversity doesn't unite us when we focus on what differences we have. Diversity can be very helpful in many aspects, but it does not single-handedly make us stronger by focusing on that and putting that above all else. So hopefully you enjoyed this segment. Hopefully uh, I get some good feedback on it and I can uh, keep doing this segment throughout the week and maybe continue it on. I'm going to try and relate it to news stories. If there are big news stories that pop up, maybe I'll throw those in, mix it in, and, and kind of talk about a buzzword through that. But I do think it's important sometimes because words are a pretty cool thing, but they can also be taken advantage of and taken for granted. And sometimes we just throw them out there without fully understanding what we're saying. So hopefully you enjoyed that segment. Let's end now with my closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for another opportunity for me to get on and speak into this microphone. Father, I just ask that the words I say be a reflection of you to those who listen, and that through everything, that not our will, but your will be done. We love you, Lord. Thank you for all that you've blessed us with, continue to bless us with each and every day. In your name, amen. Thank you guys for sticking around until the end of another episode. Thank you guys for coming back for another week of episodes. I can't wait to see you guys back here again tomorrow for, I believe, tomorrow's episode 50. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. But until then, stay blessed.